are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I got to tell you today that I love my church and I love being a part of this community. And I love the friends that God has given me in this community. Annette and I could not be more blessed than to be here at Bethany First Church. I asked her once, I said, Annette, in all of your wildest dreams, did you ever think I would pastor Bethany First Church? And Annette said, you've never actually appeared in my wildest dreams. (laughs) You know God loves you today? Do you know that God's got you on his mind Do you understand that God has a plan for your life, a purpose for you? And today we're going to get to talk about that some. And I'm really excited to share it with you. So we've been in this conversation about life's most basic questions. We all have to answer them at some time or another. And so we've been dealing with three. Last week we talked about the question of who am I? It's really about identity. It's uh, how did I get here? Where did I come from? What is my true identity? And we came to an understanding last week from God's Word that we are intellectual, spiritual, moral beings created by God in His image, in His likeness. We are essentially His. And today we're going to talk about why am I here, and the next week we'll talk about, you know, where am I going. So let's, let's talk about this question of why am I here? If God created me, is there a purpose for me existing? So what, why do I exist? Am I just going to live a certain number of years and then I die and that's it? Or is there actual some purpose for my existence? So let me ask you, if someone said to you, what is your life's purpose statement? Could you recite that? Do you have that? Is that accessible right now? Can you just kind of spit that out? Oh, yeah, Rick. Uh, The purpose of my life is, or would you say, I I don't know. I'd have to think about it some. And and maybe someone else would say, I I don't know if thinking about it some is going to get me there. I, I might need a little help. Maybe I should lean into the sermon today. So I think there's two ways to go about that. One way would be to say, well, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to come up with a purpose for my life. I'll, I'll, I'll go to work on that. I'll, uh, I'll come up with a purpose for my life. I will get a statement together that says, this is the purpose of my life. I think the other option would be to say, what if I went to the one who created me? Since God formed me, created me in his image and his likeness maybe he had a reason for creating me maybe he actually has a purpose for me so i carry a pair of glasses in my pocket or they're hanging on my sweater like this most of the time or or something but i have to have them to read and so uh, the reason that i have these glasses is because they serve a very important purpose in my life now if you went to the team of people who designed and created these and you said to them what, what was the purpose of you creating these glasses? I think they might say to you, well, we, we had a lot of ideas in mind. We wanted them to be comfortable, to fit good here and here. And we wanted them to, you know, be stylish. And so that's why I'm styling like I am right now in these, you know, really nice glasses that I bought off the shelf at CVS. Um, but, but they would say to you, those glasses 
we created so people with the eyesight like Rick would be able to read. Because otherwise they wouldn't sell. They have a purpose. And the purpose is, is to help Rick be able to read when he puts those on. So, if God created you, chances are really good that he wasn't just messing around one day and kind of poofing people, you know. He had a reason. And there's actually a purpose for your existence. So what if, what if I told you that I can tell you what your purpose is in three words? You ready for it? Anybody game? You want to know? Here we go. Your single purpose in life is to glorify God. The only reason that you are alive today is because God created you to do this right here. The only reason that you are breathing air, the only reason that you are on this planet today is because God created you to do this. Glorify Him. Really? Really. You only have one purpose in life. And that is to glorify God. So, you familiar with the uh, Bible, the book of Isaiah, who was a prophet, who God spoke through to his people, the nation of Israel. And Isaiah is really about judgment, and then it's about hope. So if you want to grab a Bible and open it to chapter 43, I'm going to read only a couple of verses, 6 and 7, okay? And so what's going on is that God says to them, you've rebelled against me, you know, and so you've chosen a path. Choices have consequences, and it's going to be about judgment for you. Your enemies are going to rise up, Assyria and Babylon. In fact, many of you are going to be exiled. You're going to be taken from your homes And you're going to live in a land far away. And so when you get to chapter 39, though, there's hope. It's about a new Jerusalem. And when you get to chapter 40, it gets really exciting because God says, the exile is over and I'm bringing you guys all back. You're coming back home. And so let me read those words to you. You ready? Bring my sons from far and bring my daughters from the ends of the earth. Bring my sons from afar and bring my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name. Look at these words. Whom I created for my glory. Whom I formed and made. I mean, you've got to stop right here and think with me for a minute. This is like crazy good stuff. It's in the middle of God having a conversation with the nation of Israel through his prophet Isaiah. And he kind of gives you the secret, the answer to the question that every man and woman who has ever lived has asked. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And God says, I created you. I formed you. I made you for my glory. If the nation of Israel could have understood this, their world would have been so much different. Are are you familiar with the uh, Westminster Confession? It uh, 
was written, I think, in the uh, maybe mid-1600s. It's a statement of faith, okay? And, uh, and so in the uh, uh, shorter catechism, it would be the first, but also the most famous question uh, is this. What is the chief end of man? you have an answer for that? Maybe based on the verse I just gave you, you might have a clue. And here's what the answer is. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. This is about purpose. This is about the reason you are created. Man's chief end is to what? Man's chief end is to what? To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So I just got to tell you um, this morning that it's been uh, one of my more challenging weeks in a while. We have a a family that I love a lot. And uh, they've been attending our church for a while. And they were very excited because their parents who were in their mid-70s were selling their house in Texas and had bought a house here. And they were in the process of moving from Texas to Oklahoma City to be closer to them and to be a part of our church. And it was all good. But in that process, Bud, the father, um, 77, uh, got COVID. And as a result of uh, COVID taking its toll on Bud's life, Bud's with the Lord. And so on Wednesday, we had his funeral here. It was one of the greatest funerals I think I've ever been to in my life. And then on Friday, Andy McCamey. Andy, who is my, my good friend, has been in a over-a-month battle with COVID. And... Um, It's hard to say, it's hard to believe, it doesn't even feel real to me, but today Andy is with the Lord. On Friday, Andy became, he saw Jesus face to face. When I say that Andy was a good friend, um, I would have to confess to you that Andy was a better friend to me than I was to Andy. Uh, If you know Andy, you would understand that, because it would be hard to be a better friend than Andy is. Andy is a an overwhelmingly generous person. Um, he he is just a giver. That's kind of how he lives and relates to people. He he just gives. He's he's compassionate. He's very sensitive to the needs of others. I've called him before because somebody needed help, and he was like, "No problem, man." You know, um, Andy Andy loves unconditionally his friends and his family. And his little grandkids have meant the world to him. Andy loves God deeply. He has loved God deeply. He, he has loved his church. Um, by trade, Andy was a dentist. Uh, Andy, you know, was a craftsman. He was an artist when it came to dentistry. I mean, he did some good work. If you just look at me, I'll let you see some of his good work. That's it right there. Yeah. He loved, he loved it when he gave me a smile. He loved you sitting in his chair and felt no pain. 
But being a dentist wasn't his purpose. And unlike a lot of us, Andy got that. He understood that his purpose was much greater than his career. And Andy understood that his purpose in life was to glorify God. And practicing dentistry was only one of the ways that he lived out that purpose. And so when I look at Andy's life, all I can see is just a life of a guy who just said, okay, my purpose is to glorify God, and I'm going to do that whether I'm practicing dentistry or whatever I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to glorify God with my life. That's, that's my purpose in life. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, Pastor Rick, I think that I have uh, I figured out my purpose. I think I'm supposed to be a doctor. Or I think maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher. Or I think maybe that I'm supposed to be a, uh, a pastor. I want to say to them, that, that's not your purpose. That might be your task, or that might be your assignment, or that might be a career that God's given you. But your purpose is much bigger than your career. Your purpose is to glorify God with your life. Now... I want to keep rolling, but the problem is we're not all on the truck. And if we don't get everybody on the truck or the bus, then we can't go together. So I'm going to have to back up for a minute, okay? Because some of you are struggling with this idea of glorify. You're going, it's not a word I use every day. I don't really grasp its meaning real well. I'm struggling to kind of get on board with you. What does it mean to actually glorify God? So let's talk about it for a minute. In the Old Testament, the word that is related to God when it comes to this idea of glorify is a word that means splendor or greatness, okay? In the New Testament, the word that we use when we talk about glorifying God means dignity or honor or praise or worship. So when we glorify one, it is to give honor and to give praise. Okay? And you say, yeah, I don't, I don't really relate to glorifying someone. I think maybe you do. Way better than you realize. So today is February what? 13th. And tonight at, at 5.30 rather, something kind of special happens for the U.S. citizens of the world, right? It's called the Super Bowl. Do you think we glorify athletes? I think maybe you understand glorify better than you thought you did. So I love golf. Love golf. And I love to go to professional golf tournaments. And I remember a few years ago, I went to a tournament in Dublin, Ohio, the Mirfield, Jack Nicklaus tournament that he hosts. Tiger Woods was at the height of his career. And I remember thousands of us maneuvering ourselves, trying to get Closer to the front of the closer to the front of the crowd, just so I could catch a glimpse of this guy in real life, okay? And when he finally walks out, when he appears, everybody starts clapping and screaming. I mean, thousands of people screaming, clapping, cheering. The only thing he had done to that point is walked out to the practice tee. I, I think we know what it's like to glorify someone. 
We glorify artists. We glorify movie stars. We glorify, you know, pop stars. We glorify actors and actresses. We glorify people all the time. And now we open God's Word today and we understand that our single purpose in life is to glorify God. I wish the people of Israel could have understood it. They struggled so bad. If they could have understood it, life would have been so different for them. So here's what happens in these chapters, chapter 40 through 48. It's like a dialogue going on and and God says, good news everybody, I'm bringing you home. Getting you out of exile, getting you out of Babylon, you're coming back to your own land. And they said, I don't know, we don't feel too good about things today, God. I'm paraphrasing very generally. What do you mean? Well, God, we don't know how we feel about you. What do you mean you don't know how you feel about me? Well, we don't think the exile was ever supposed to happen. I mean, you're our God, right? You're our protector. You were supposed to protect us. You weren't supposed to let something bad happen to us. We don't even know what we believe about you anymore. There was a day when we said that you're all powerful and now we don't really know how much power you have. I got to tell you, in my most honest moments with God, I said the same things. God, we all prayed. We all believed. We tried to exercise faith. We ask you to come through. And what we hoped wouldn't happen happened anyway. It's like my world got shaken, but my faith got shaken too. Some days, some days I ask myself, what do I really believe about you, God? I think what happens is we forget something that's really crucial. And we try to substitute another idea. What we forget is simply this. That we were made for God's purpose. But the idea that we try to substitute is that God was made for our purpose. But God was not made for our purpose. We were made for His purpose. And we sometimes live our life with the idea that, you know, I've got some things I'm trying to do and want to get done and want to make happen. And I'm kind of counting on God to serve my purpose. But the truth is, we were made for God's purpose. When you do not understand your purpose, then life cannot make sense. Because when the wheels fall off in life, when bad things happen to good people, we just can't make sense of it. But when we understand our purpose... When we understand that we were created in God's image and His likeness to glorify Him, that's my purpose in life. 
then when the wheels fall off and bad things happen, instead of saying with the people of Israel, we don't even know how we feel about you anymore, we say, God, this is really hard. But how can you be glorified in this really dark season of my life? How can you get glory? You see, when we understand purpose, then decisions come easier. Should I do this? I don't know. Should I do that? I don't know. Should I? And then you ask yourself the question, does it bring God glory? It does. Then I should do it. Should I do this? I don't know. Does it bring God glory? No. Then I shouldn't do it. Because I know what my purpose is. My purpose in life is to bring glory to God. And when I understand my purpose, then life makes more sense. Thank you. I was standing over here last Sunday and this couple that I don't know well, but I'm getting to know. I was just chatting with them a little bit. And, and, uh, and so they said, have you seen Molly? And I said, no. Have you seen Molly? And they said, oh, you ought to watch it. It's uh, M-U-L-L-Y. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a documentary called Molly. And so I, I went home and I remembered it and I texted them later and said, I can't find it. What was it called again? And so they sent me a text telling me and it was a little later at night than I like to get started watching something. But Annette and I were, you know, pulling it up on Amazon Prime, Mully, M-U-L-L-Y. So you don't have to text me because you're going to want to watch it. M-U-L-L-Y, Mully, Amazon Prime. And, uh, and, so, and so we started watching it and we couldn't quit. And so we watched the whole thing, even though it was late. And I stayed awake the whole time, which is a miracle. Yeah. So it's a story about a man named Charles Mully, who was born in Kenya, about 50 miles from Nairobi. And he was very poor, lived in a mud hut, a thatched roof. And to add to his very tough life in poverty, his father was a drunk and would come home and beat the mother and he and his two brothers. And then one day Charles woke up from his sleep and his family was gone. They had moved away without him. He was one more mouth to feed. And they didn't value him enough to take him. And for ten years he lived as a street boy in Africa, in Kenya. Stealing, begging, whatever he could do. 20 years old, he stumbled into a church one day and he came to know Jesus. He felt hope. He traveled to Nairobi, walked, took him almost three days. And he got a job cleaning for a lady. And he got promoted and promoted by her husband. He became a manager in his company. Later on, he started his own taxi service. Later on, he started his own real estate company. Later on, he got in the oil and gas business, and he made millions. He had eight children, and he was living the life of lives. Molly. And one day, some street boys 
came up to him when he got out of his car and said, well, watch your car for you. Give us some money. And he said, no, and he walked away. When he returned to where his car had been parked, he found a pile of glass and the car had been stolen. It troubled him so that the next day he could not work. He told his assistant, I've got to get out. He got in his car. He drove. He drove for a long way. He drove for a long time, finally parked his car. He was so troubled. He said, God, why didn't I give those street boys money? I was a street boy. I know what it is to be hungry. And then he began to really question his reason for living, his purpose for existence. And he struggled with God for hours in that car that day. And finally, finally, Molly said, God, you've given me all of this, and now you're going to take it all away from me? And he said yes to God. At the dinner table that night, he said to his wife and his eight children, by the way, I will never work for money again, and we will sell all of our businesses as soon as we can. And later that night, he got in his car and he drove down to the garbage dump in Nairobi, and he brought home three little orphan children. And a few days later, he brought home three or four more. And a few days later, he brought home three or four more. And his family said, you are losing your mind. What have you done? And he turned bedrooms into bunk rooms. And when it got to be 25 or 30 kids, they moved out into the country and began to build dorms and classrooms and meeting halls. And 30 years later, they have rescued over 23,000 orphaned Kenya children. Mully, M-U-L-L-Y, Amazon Prime. Do you understand that there's a nation called Kenya who now have some sense of an understanding of who God is and what He can do? The testimonials at the end of the documentary have these children who grew up with Mully in those early days, and now they are leaders in their communities, teachers, lawyers, doctors, educators, you name it. You say, did he find his purpose? <laughs> Molly somehow came to this place in his life that he understood his purpose was to glorify God. And rescuing orphan children was one of the ways he could glorify God. And a nation understands who God is. See, this was the idea for the people of Israel all along. God says, I'm raising you up. And in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter, uh, I have to find it here, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 24, God says, declare the glory among the nations, His glory. His miraculous deeds among the people. You understand that for the people of Israel, that was what it was about. You're, you're supposed to show the glory of God to the world. This promise that God made to Abraham, you're going to tell everybody about God. But they really struggled to understand their purpose. They didn't understand that they were to glorify God with their lives. That was it. 
Let, let me just show you some verses. The purpose of all creation is to glorify God. Look at this verse, Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. I love that. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I can't tell you how many times I've been out looking at mountains or an ocean or the sky at night and thought about, wow, the glory of God. Jesus understood that was his purpose. He said, I have brought you glory, Father, when he prayed in John 17. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. This was my task, but my purpose was to bring you glory. Okay, we are called to bring glory to God. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is talking about you right here. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Anybody looking at me right now saying, Rick, I'm afraid I fall short. Well, Romans 3.23 says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're smart people, you probably know this, but it occurred to me this week that everything God asks us to do Brings glory to him. Open the Bible. Any command. Love one another. That brings him glory when we love one another. Be kind and gentle. That brings him glory. Follow Jesus. That brings him glory. It's like we need this pattern, this example. How do I do this? And Isaiah talked about a prophet that would one day come, a Messiah who would save the world. And Jesus just said, follow me. Just do what I do. When you do, you will bring God glory. I got hung up on a verse when I was uh, doing some study a couple of months ago, thinking about the sermon coming up. And... um, I don't know, you might get stuck on it too. It just has my attention. It's from the book of Acts, talking about King David, the most loved king of Israel. And here's what it says. When David served God's purpose. Hmm. When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. going to leave this world one day. I'm going to die. And I wonder if they will be able to say about me what they said about David. When Rick had served his purpose, he died. Rick glorified God. And that was all there was for him to do. That's why he was here. So, Father, we need grace. One of these days, our life is going to come to an end. 
And I think the only question that really matters is, did we glorify you with our lives? The time we were given on earth. And so, Lord, give us the grace to glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.